Content creation at its best. Bombard Media. Welcome to Stat, I'm telling you all Medical true crime stories, and it gets bizarre Karen Wickham, yeah she used to work in ER And now she's sharing the knowledge, so let's get involved Ay, Funny and scary at the same time Medical mysteries, all facts, she ain't lying <laughs> So tune in to Stat, if you dare Cause crazy things can happen anytime, anywhere <laughs> Yeah Hello, hello, hello everybody It's me, Karen Wickham the host of STAT, Shocking Traumas and Treatments, coming to you from beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon to whoever you are, wherever you're listening. I'm really excited about today's special episode. Before I get started, I want to, of course, express my thanks and gratitude for all the support that you guys give, and I'd like to give some special Thank you, shout outs to Agile BC, Junior Love 87, Reap and Kathy, Claire LJ86, Dot Mac 1967. And for those of you out there that have the time, maybe you can take a second to drop by and give me a review or even a rating. I'd really appreciate that. Next, I'd also like to thank Claire Jeans for being my newest Patreon supporter. Thank you so much, Claire Jeans. It's wonderful. Thank you for all of you that support me on Patreon. I can't begin to tell you how much it helps. And thank you to everybody for all your support, for listening and sharing and all the other really cool stuff that you guys do. I'm sure most of you have seen a video recently posted by a frustrated nurse concerned about the spread and management of the current flu epidemic. Her name is Kat Lockler. The video depicts an exhausted ER nurse after a long and grueling shift. The video is cheeky and educational, and what comes through is Kat's concern about the spread of the flu and the simple measures that can be taken to reduce its spread. This video has gone viral and now has over 5 million views. She has also been showcased on Inside Edition, The Today Show, NBC Nightly, and has even been asked to do a jingle for the Weather Channel. Here, let's have a listen to that. Hey, you want to stop spreading the flu? Cover your nose and your mouth when you achoo! Can I use my hands? Well, no, you may not, cause your nasty little finger's gonna be covered with snot. Wash your stinking hands, this nurse will say. Watch me on weather.com today. <laughs> oh man, I absolutely love it. That That's great and catchy. So without further ado, here is the interview. That rhymed. Ooh. Okay, so welcome everybody to STAT. I have Kat Lockler on the phone with me right now, and we're going to talk about the most amazing video that she's just had put out there for everybody. So hi, Kat. Hello, how are you today? Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for mm -hmm. talking to me or talking it's to all pleasure. of us. My pleasure, absolutely. So you have become a big hit with over 5 million views on this amazing <laughs> video. <laughs> uh, I, I would never, ever have expected that. So I'm, I'm so glad it's taken, taken everybody by storm with a really good message. Absolutely. As soon as I saw your video, I thought, I want to talk to this woman. 
not even <laughs> like so much from like a podcast at standpoint, but I mean, all yeah. of us that are nurses get it, especially those of us that work in the ER. I was nodding my head throughout the whole video. So, um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It was amazing. So I, you just were on inside edition. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was on inside edition and, um, it was so comforting to know that not only did they take my perspective, but they went and found an emergency room physician and he echoed the same information. And it was just so nice because a lot of people, if there's negative at all, it's usually, um, that's not your role. You shouldn't be sharing that information, but it's really a vast amount of the healthcare providers in our nation and around the globe. Cause I have received mail from Africa, from Bulgaria. I mean, wow. it's amazing, but it's all the same thing. Thank you for sharing the basic information with the public. And, and it's, it's just what I want to do. These are such easy things that we can do that can help save lives, help our families to stay um, healthy and, you know, and can be fun. Oh, for sure. Like I said, when I saw your video, I was nodding my head and I was speaking to my partner about this and saying, hospitals are hospitals are hospitals around the world. It's no Correct. surprise yeah. that me from Toronto, you from Florida and across the globe that we all run across the same things. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's an epidemic of um, misinformation or people just not doing some basic things. That's the epidemic sometimes that starts the epidemic. <laughs> exactly. And what I love were your messages were all very simple messages, but they're sure. the most important basic things. Absolutely. I, I want to back up a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. When I, when I saw your video, you mentioned that you had just come off a really long, uh, hard night shift and you look great by the way <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> oh man. it's a miracle there are days when I can actually look a halfway decent and days I just do not want to see my face on any type of video especially viral videos <laughs> I think us nurses have this ability to look really put together and not too tired until we get into our cars and then we're like Ugh. yes yes and I had just gotten into my car so I'm sure 10 minutes down the road I started changing changing into the real human that I am. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that led you to decide like, okay, I'm making this video and I'm making it right now. Mm -hmm. what, what I, th I think, you know, that, that night I saw so many ill people. I mean, and I love my job. I will work my tater off if I need to, because I love to care for the public. I love to comfort those who are scared during a, a, a critical situation. So I do like to take care of people. It's just what I love to do. But I don't like the spread of diseases and bacteria unnecessarily. And um, I was watching all these sick people come in. And when I went out to the waiting room, I'm seeing all of these healthy people hanging out with the sick people. And I'm like, oh, my gracious. No wonder we're having such a widespread flu right now. Why? Because people are not taking the right precautions. If somebody's sneezing and coughing, and I promise you, not a large percentage of those people in the waiting room were covering their mouths appropriately, and you're sitting right next to them or where their coughing particles can get right to your nostrils, man, you are, you are putting yourself, A, at risk, and whoever you encounter during that day at risk. So it became frustrating because... It's just like a, an endless cycle. We're helping people, and then all of a sudden, those people are sneezing and getting others, and now we have to help those people. I'm like, 
let's take some precautionary measures rather than just treating everybody because we're going to treat some people. But I would prefer to know that, hey, you missed the flu this year because you made the right decision, stayed out of the um, heavily populated areas. You were washing your hands correctly. And, you know, just some basic things. I can't 100% guarantee you won't get it. But your percentage of staying healthy is quite a bit higher than those who don't take these standard precautions. Oh, for sure. I, I agree with you 100%. I, too, have experienced that, and it, it is very frustrating. Um, a lot of healthcare or health teaching starts right at triage to yes, tell people that if you don't need to have this many people here with you, go home. Or, yes. hey, I didn't see that you washed your hands or you sanitizer right away. Please do that. And oh, it, absolutely. It starts mm-hmm. right there. And I guess sometimes I, I wonder when I, having worked in the ER, seeing people come in when at the front desk, there's masks and gloves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sanitizer. should frighten you. Yeah, shouldn't <laughs> should you? Frighten you. <laughs> I would think that would be a big deterrent, but. Absolutely. Now, I, th- I think people, you know, and this is a, a, a big issue I've had is when I approach these family members or whoever this person is with the patient, I'm saying, hey, I don't know if you realize it by all 500 signs that you passed, but <laughs> this is flu season. And um, I noticed that you're not wearing a mask. I noticed that you're not using the hand sanitizer when you're leaving the room. And I will, I'll approach them. I'll do it in my straightforward, friendly kind of way, but I'll approach <laughs> them and say, this is dangerous. And what really burns my biscuits is that some people will say, I never get sick. I don't have to worry about that. Well, that's fantastic. But you are now a carrier of this bacteria out into the world. So it's not necessarily just about the person I'm speaking to, but who they're going to encounter during the day is is really where the danger lies. It is for them, but that's just a gamble if they want to take it. But they are also responsible for who they come into contact with. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you made it very clear when you when you said in the video that um, how there was a baseball player, softball player, or let's just say a team, a person was injured. It was a perfect example how let's bring the whole team into for whatever reason. And Absolutely. now there's 15 people who have gone in, come across how many other people, then they leave mm-hmm. and they carry that. I mean, the numbers can go on and on and on. And that's a right. really good point to make that you sure. don't need to bring your whole team in. Yeah. Thank you for the and support. This is, it's you can wonderful. Do that from the <laughs> Exactly. The support is wonderful, but that's why we have, you know, video capability in our telephones. If somebody from the inside of that room, like a parent or something, wants to say hi from the patient's room to the team that's on the outside of the building from FaceTime or something, that's awesome. I'm all for it. But, you know, to bring them in, expose them to what could cause very life-threatening circumstances, and then not only that, but carry it home to whoever might be home um, that could be compromised, such as young children or uh, the elderly, that's that's very, very careless in my book. If you are, if you understand the risks and you still do it, that was another message I th- I thought was so profound and so impart- important. Not only let's not bring in our healthy friends, family, etc. Don't bring in your little newborn babies, your little kids, your oh, new compromised, your your grandma, grandpa. Don't bring them if they don't need to be there. Absolutely, yeah. And I I worked many years in a pediatric ER and. If a baby at a certain age, usually six weeks old or younger, spikes any form of fever, 
that is so dangerous. And we take extra precautions to make sure we evaluate them thoroughly. And that is not a pleasant thing for babies to go through because not only do we have to draw blood work, I mean, we're putting your child through some things that you know, we don't like doing, but we have to make sure that baby is not going to go into any form of life-threatening circumstance because they have spiked a fever. So your babies and the elderly and the immune compromise, especially because it's not like we can just give them a medicine to make it go away. They have a lot more of a journey to travel in the healthcare system if they get themselves sick. Seems we have a bit in common because I too worked at a pediatric ER for quite a few years. Awesome. And I, I get that. you. We used to I'm sure you saw it too. We call it two for three for four furs, where mm -hmm. one of the kids would have a uh, runny nose and they would bring in yes. all the children to be examined in. If, yes. they're not, if they're not showing symptoms, if they haven't walked in, they may just walk out with something way worse. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing is I understand I have four kids. If there is fear, I can understand there's a motivation to want somebody to set your mind at ease. And I get that emergency rooms were open 24 seven. So there is also a convenience of, I could just take them in, but Remember, there are other types of clinical settings that you can take your child to be evaluated. There's their pediatrician, primary care physician, minute clinic. We've got our urgent care centers. We've got these after-hours clinics. There is a plethora of opportunities for you to have your child evaluated. Use the emergency room as a last resort and for emergencies only. And the biggest thing that I've had people complaining about the video is people don't know if they're in an emergency. You know, if you're in a place where you don't know if your child is just a little sick or truly could be in an emergency, then you need to come on in. If you think something is happening, and I trust parental judgment, if, there, if you think your child is in a life-threatening situation, I trust you by bringing the child in and say, you know what, they're just not breathing right. You know what, they haven't eaten in two or three days. And then, you know what, if you feel they are impending on an emergent situation, Go ahead. I trust you. But if you know in the back of your mind, you know what? They are sick. They definitely need to see somebody, but I don't think their life is being threatened currently. Then that might be something to make you pause and think, what are my other options? Absolutely. It's it's so true that if you're not sure, don't take the risk. Always, right. Absolutely. Moms know their kids. Dads know their right. kids. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this as well, where they'll come in and say, I didn't give them any Advil or um, Tylenol oh. because I wanted to. I wanted you to see that they had a fever. I wanted you to see that yes. their ear hurt. And I thought, oh, and I think, man. whoa, whoa, <laughs> would you treat yourself? Like, do you want a fever? Do you want a, a horrible earache? We believe oh my you. Gosh. If you say yes. it, we're going to believe you because you have nothing to lose by telling us. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It is not. It is not effective to allow your child to suffer so that we can see a number. It is very important if you have the resources to check your child's temperature at home and give us a number that we can go with. But for heaven's sakes, don't hold back treatment. That would be silly because even if they come into the emergency room, we, it's not like we're going to do anything other than do what you would have done at yeah. home. When we see a femur, fever on that thermometer, immediately, unless there are other issues like liver issues with your child or some um, other chronic disease process or an age situation, we're going to give them those treatments that would be available to you over the counter, such as Motrin or Tylenol to get the fever down first thing. Absolutely. I mean, 
that that's the, the whole thing that if they do have the fever that fever fever uh, sorry <laughs> it's talk. all right you're fine that fever, uh, <laughs> that fever is gonna rear its ugly head again um yes so we'll we'll be able to monitor that and because of our ability to like uh eyeball do the triage eyeball assessment mm-hmm. and say well that kid isn't looking very happy we can tell absolutely um, and yeah and especially let me hit back on that eyeball assessment when I said that, it, it, it's followed up with, we can tell you're not dying currently, okay? I'm not saying you're healthy and perfect when I see you with my eyes. But if you are in some form of distress, even a high temperature, we can kind of see something ain't right with you when you're walking in the door. So it's not like we just look at you and the fact that your outfit matches doesn't mean we're gonna, not going to see you. We yeah. can tell we're, we are trained to know distress when we see it. And if there's no distress, then we're not going to race you back to start treatment. We are going to tr- um, properly triage you first. So I, I'm going to come out of sort of the line of questioning and the, the flow that we have here to ask you that. I know you've gotten a lot of fantastic, appreciative feedback from healthcare workers to families. Mm-hmm. But have you? I, I think I've, I've read a few things because I wanted to get a feel for you a little bit. I wasn't uh, being a creeper. I just wanted to oh, no, that's all right. just no get, a, get a feel for how things are going for you. But um, have you have you gotten some negative feedback? And if so, um, can, do you mind telling me a little bit about that? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, when it first got posted, I had some um, some readers that watched my video and immediately said, we're going to report you to the board of nursing. And I'm like, okay, let me rewatch my video real quick. Cause I have carefully evaluated it for any type of HIPAA violations, anything. And I'm like, no, everything in there is absolutely accurate. Everything that I said would be something, you know, in a funny way, I would say to my patients in the bedside at the bedside. Um, and a lot of them are taking segments of what I'm saying and probably looking at their own experience and trying to, it, it's kind of getting manipulated a little bit in their mind of assuming what I'm intending to say. Um, a lot of them in the chronic, um, chronic illness or the chronic pain um, population are thinking I'm insensitive. And I'm like, okay, if you have something unique to you, then this might not be specific to you when it comes to pain, if you're in severe, dire pain, and you can't even function, walk or nothing, I get it. And we do have specialists that are, you know, but not, I'll just kind of not skim over the surfaces. I think people are taking their experiences, or their very unique situations. And they're taking my video and becoming offended because they're putting it on my their unique circumstances. This is a basic public service announcement to the general population about general information. If you're unique, then you might have a little extra information that you might need to have. But, you know, the negative stuff is really, they're taking stuff in six minutes and trying to analyze it to something that they've had for years and years or my intentions with it. And I think if I had dialogues with most of these people, they would probably get to a place that they're a little more comfortable with what I say. Um, But it's a lot of lack of information and a lot of assumption that is making people angry. I'm really sorry that that uh, is something that you've had to experience. I, I think maybe it's because I'm a medical professional. I've had quite a few people watch it and comment on my Facebook group, but just, you know, it's a topic of discussion right now. And what I got from your video was exactly what you're saying. Very 
basic information of basic, very critical and helpful information, but it's sort of across the board. It's flu season. Let's take these precautions right. and um, let's, let's keep our heads together about it. Absolutely. You weren't and say, you weren't saying, I, I didn't feel that you were saying anything else in that. And unfortunately when we're in the healthcare system, I feel that we can become targets um, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. people be, and I don't know, I've heard it many times, sometimes per shift, depending on how busy it is, I'm calling your college. I'm going to have your license. I'm going to oh, yeah. report you because they're Absolutely. frustrated and angry. And that's not a way of, of getting treatment or care. So I just want to say that on behalf of the people I've spoken to and myself that I, I got your point and I wanted you to be awesome. able to um, be able to, to um you know, back yourself up with, with what your point was. Awesome. Well, thank you. And you know what? It really just heightens my awareness that the population needs education. That, I mean, if they're getting angry, there is a lack of education there that needs to be. Now, if it's with my personality, I am so sorry about that. <laughs> I'm just a straight, I do traumas. I do some stuff and it just gets me real gritty. And if it oh, came yeah. across in a harsh way, that's just, that's the personality that helps me to cope with what I have to deal with at my work. And, you know, sometimes I carry it into the conversations I have on Facebook or on video, but it really clues me into this is something that needs to be talked about. It, it's, I mean, we have resources out the wahoo of things that they can turn to before they do turn to the emergency room. And I want people to know that so they can say, oh, I didn't have that only option. There are other options and you still can get the care you need. So, um, you know, the negatives have just made me think these people need more information. So um, I, I really, I really am kind of um, motivated to get some more videos out on the very basics of healthcare that can help people. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, again, I, I think you came across as as really funny and genuine, and with a with a true concern, but a frustration that was completely like. It was it was completely <laughs> under control. I, I laughed throughout the whole thing. And I think awesome. sometimes humor is what can get some messages across. Um, sure. When you did your the whole um, slow motion sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Oh, that's great. Well, you know what? People think it might be condescending, but it's. Yeah. I'm just teaching you the dance. I'm just teaching you the dance move and slowing it down a bit. Okay, <laughs> it's so important. It I mean, is. So it's that simple. That man. Yeah. If if everyone could get into that type of practice and block some of those germs from flying through the air onto our little children and yes. onto our elderly, man, what a happy place we'll live in. <laughs> I love it when you're. Like, I've got this magic trick. It's tricky. And then you did it. I thought this is this, but. Anybody who watches that, the visual of it, I, I thought it was brilliant. Again, I think awesome. you approach this with concern for for everybody out there, for um, education, and uh, and with some humor. And I, I didn't see or feel any way that it, it was anything less than 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 that. And of course, us ER nurses, we have uh, you know, we you're right, we can have a bit of a uh, a rough side to us, but it's because we care. And absolutely. And sometimes our jokes may not be funny to other people, but they're not ill-intended. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we have a goal in mind. We want we want you to be protected. I mean, I tell my patients when they're leaving, how like, hey, thanks. 
I'm glad you're feeling better. Now don't come back anytime soon. Yeah, I so hope I never back. see you again. <laughs> hope I never see you again. Hopefully yeah. at Publix or at the grocery store or something, but I don't want to see you in here. Exactly. And we laugh. My personality, if you knew me, um, you know, one-on-one having the care provided to you by me, you could kind of see how that works into my to my role. And, um, you know, it just it's just one of those things that it's fun when it's right, right in front of you. You can see me in action, but... You know, whatever. <laughs> well, I think as nurses, sometimes we're we have to be. Now I'm gonna take. I want people to take this with a grain of salt, but we have to be actors in a sense because we have to hold our emotions in check. Absolutely. And, and different people need different things. Some people need you to be need us to be really more quiet and compassionate and serious. Some people need that joke. Some people yes. need a little bit of extra, you know, um, encouragement or a shoulder to cry on or we just have no time for any kind of personality other than to boom we got to get this 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 trauma taken care of absolutely Um, yeah we have to go from one room possibly doing cpr and somebody to walking to the next room within minutes and saying hello i'm your nurse today i mean you have to be able to switch off emotions sometimes but keep your compassion level high we don't get a lot of debriefing and it's true you go if you're part of that trauma team that day you may be doing sutures one minute and a trauma the next and then back in dealing with appendicitis that kind of thing mm-hmm. exactly. yeah yeah we have to we have to kind of please everybody and we sometimes are in the background but you know what as long as we get the job done i i think That's um right. like you said too um you get yelled at cussed mm-hmm. at people are coming at you one of the things i have mentioned before is that we get a lot more fu's than we get thank mm-hmm. yous Yes. Amen, sister. (laughs) Yeah. And a thank you can make a whole day for us. That's not an exaggeration. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Thank you. is just almost catches us off guard sometimes because we're just, we're doing what we know is right. And then someone says, I appreciate what you're doing. You're like, what? (laughs) What? Thank you. I mean, because it, it does, it makes you just even more sensitive to this person recognizes I'm trying to serve them. And, you know, I think there's an expectation level that is um, people think when they come in the ER, they are supposed to have tests. They're supposed to have medication given. And they, they have the, the mind, I've waited for four hours. I deserve something like the medicine or something. But yep. if you do not require any medication, we are not going to give you medication. We, we love the immune system and the human body and how it can respond to things. So if we know that your, you know, awesome body is going to take care of this, then we're just going to say, do supportive measures at home. So I, a lot of the times people will say, you did nothing. Now that right there frustrates me because oh, yeah. not only did we do something, we did a lot of somethings. We did their vital signs. We brought in professionals such as nurses and doctors to evaluate you. We've got, um, we might do an x-ray, but I tell you what, when people don't think, when they can't see their personal checklist of things done by the nurses happening before their eyes, they think I waited for absolutely nothing. We don't send you out without really evaluating you appropriately well you're definitely not being dismissed in fact it's great news because like you said our bodies are incredible things and they're able to maintain it they're able to we're able to heal ourselves we're we're able to take care of it at home fantastic news not being dismissive and Mm -hmm. the fact that you've had these very trained eyes tell you that you should be happy (laughs) absolutely absolutely yes i agree so now, what's kind of the feedback that you've gotten from uh, colleagues and coworkers and such? 
Oh man, it's been awesome. It's been awesome because I think um, I've been able to share what's on all of our minds, but we don't really know how to say it. Um, and I think we try to bring it to the attention of the public and it, it's hard to be received. I don't know why. I think people are on the news watching these scary things brought up by the media of the worst of this and the worst of that. And all they can think of is fear. But I'm like, hey, but there are things you can do. There are things you can do. And I want that to be the message is don't be afraid completely that this is happening whether you like it or not. Try to do a few preventative steps to protect yourself and your family. If there's some power in your hands to prevent this. And let's try to do, put our best foot forward and do the best we can at protecting each other. It's, it's like you said, education. Even the people that go home and you said you've done nothing, at the very least, you've done an assessment and you've done education. Right. A huge part of being a nurse is being an educator. Absolutely. Yes. And Absolutely. I love that, like, I'm just looking at, I've written down a list here of the points that you that you brought up that are so important um, about the flu. It can be as something as simple as you don't have it and let's not spread mm -hmm. it and let's put right. things into place to as bad as it can kill you. But yes, lots of things can. The flu can too. Mm -hmm. So don't yeah. take it lightly, but don't freak out either. Got to stay right. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you, you've got to watch for symptoms. It just because it's out there doesn't mean you technically have it. Yeah. So if, if you if you hear of the things happening, guard yourself, put a guard up. What guard are we thinking? Probably don't go into populated places that everybody's sneezing. Right now would not be the best time to go to the ball pit at the McDonald's with your children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because as sweet as those little munchkins are, they got snot running all over the place. Oh, and so <laughs> and your kids are going to do that. And all of a sudden they're going to start wiping their own nose and bada boom, bada bing. We got one, two, three, four. <laughs> I mean, however, have gone in there. All so those balls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So you have to really make good choices and think, is this going to affect my children? Fantastic. I'm going to post some links up so people can maybe more easily find, uh, you know, wh where to go and where to find this information. And sure. uh, maybe we can, uh, you know, who knows, have another conversation in the future. You're an amazing educator. Thank you so much. I really enjoy what I do. And I'm glad you are out there spreading the word as well. Better than spreading the bugs, eh? <laughs> spreading the flu, yes, or spreading the word, absolutely. <laughs> okay, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy mom, busy nurse, busy person, I guess now. So uh, have a great day. Take it easy. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the interview. She's quite the character. And most importantly, she's a very caring and compassionate nurse that wants people to get well and is out there trying to spread the good word. I'd like to carry this discussion on a little bit further and discuss a few more things that I think it's important for us to know when it comes to the flu, and in particular, the flu season this year. There are three strains of flu this year, influenza A, B, and C. Influenza A is the big baddie that we're always worried about, uh, the one we have to watch out for. Influenza C is really not as serious unless you are very immune compromised, that type of thing. And influenza B is somewhere in between. However, all strains of flu must be taken seriously and every precaution should be taken to stop the spread and get treatment. So here are some important things that everybody should know. 
One of the first steps is to seriously consider getting the flu vaccine. Talk to your doctor first. Make sure it's safe for you or your children or other loved ones. Overall, it's very safe unless you have some underlying medical conditions like allergies to the properties that are used to make the vaccine and other disease processes. Your doctor will know if it's right for you. Now, the vaccine is not a cure. It's a tool, a preventative measure. Although it's highly effective, it may not stop the flu entirely. It may shorten the length of the flu and the severity of it. And for some people, they may not get the flu at all after getting that. And here are some more things about the flu vaccine. Like I said, it is developed from three major strains that are predicted could be the flu this year. So based on past flus, recent flus, they predict what strains they may be and make the vaccine based on that. So that's why it may not always be as effective as we want it to be, because it can change from year to year. The flu and viruses are always mutating and changing. So let's move on to some of the next steps. The flu enters your body through your mouth and your nose and your eyes, and you need to protect those areas. One of the most important things is to wash your stinking hands. <laughs> Frequent hand washing and sanitizing is a must. Avoid touching these areas of your face, also known as your mucous membranes, to begin with. When you are washing your hands, it's really important that you wash them for a good length of time. And a good way of thinking of doing it is while you're washing your hands, sudsing them up with soap and water and then rinsing them is about 30 seconds so you can sing happy birthday or Maybe you can find another song because that song might get stuck in your head all day. But rule of thumb, happy birthday. You want to try to stay out of overpopulated areas if you can. We can't always avoid those areas, but it's best to try to stay out of those overpopulated areas, especially ones with lots of sick people, like avoiding the ER if you can. Go to your family doctor, walk-in clinic, after-hours clinic. These places are equipped to help you and know if you need to go to the ER. But if you are unsure, if you need to go to the emergency room, don't take any chances. Just go and be seen. We'll be happy to see you rather than not. Don't take any chances. If you are unsure, if you have the flu or a cold even, if you have to be out and about or you're going to the hospital or clinics, try to sneeze into the elbow. Pull, take your arm out, bend it, put your nose and mouth into the bend of your elbow and sneeze in that. That'll help a lot of the droplets from going out there and spreading around the room and dive bombing as many people as possible. And yeah, wash the shirt when you get home. <laughs> but it's a good precaution. It's a good way to keep the molecules down. Another thing that you might not think about, or some people don't, is shaking hands. So maybe you could do a cool fist bump, pop, pop, instead, um, because it's been known to spread a few less bacteria bugs or maybe just not shake hands this time of the year. I think everybody will understand. Another thing that's important is that if you're sick, if you do have the flu, don't go to work. Don't spread it. We live in a culture where if you don't go to work, you're some dirty bum and you get a lot of flack or you are afraid of getting fired, that kind of thing. And I'm not saying I don't want anybody to put their job at risk, but I don't want them to put their health at risk or anybody else's. And for you bosses out there, maybe try not to ask for doctor's notes when it's the flu season. Just 
hopefully you can take your employees word for it and let them have that time to rest up get well and come back and perform to the excellent way that they do and not get anybody else sick in the work environment so what are some of the things that we can do to keep ourselves healthy to begin with try to get as much sleep as you possibly can drink lots of water flush out your system eat fruits and veggies that type of thing try to keep yourself nice and healthy Symptoms of the flu. What's the difference between flu symptoms and cold symptoms? Well, pretty much flu symptoms are pretty severe. A lot of people will say they feel like they've been run over by a truck, and that's pretty close to accurate. A cold is a lot less severe. It, you feel like crap, but not like if you have the flu. So the flu, symptoms. Fever, chills, cough, sore throat, runny or stuffy nose muscle or body aches, headaches, fatigue, vomiting and diarrhea. So you can treat that at home, but if your symptoms worsen, please go see a doctor. A cold is more, it's a sore throat, runny nose, congestion, cough, maybe a slight fever, low grade. Children are more likely to get a slight fever over adults, but those are the symptoms. Now, it's really important to know that Antibiotics will not kill the flu or cold because it's a virus. The only kind of medication that can be given to help it is something like Tamiflu. Now, it won't cure the flu or a cold, but it may decrease the length and severity of it. So it is a helpful drug, but it's certainly not a cure-all. Treat the flu symptomatically. Drink lots of fluids, things with electrolytes in it. Water is good, but you want to replace any of those electrolytes that you're losing. So Gatorade, Powerade, some broth, water, tea. And you can treat your fever, your aches and pains with Tylenol or, or acetaminophen or ibuprofen. I really don't want to give out dosages and stuff like that because, you know, I don't think that's responsible for me to do so. But just know that it usually wears off every four to six hours and your fever, aches and pains are likely to return until you're over the hump. And that dose is based on weight. So if you're a big guy, you can take more than one Tylenol. Read the bottle, it'll give you good directions. Or ask your doctor. You can also put things like Vicks rub on your chest as long as you're not allergic to the ingredients, that kind of thing. Fluids, sleep, rest, treat symptomatically, rinse and repeat, and you'll get better eventually. <laughs> It's different for everybody, but you hopefully in seven to 10 days or so. So one last thing that I think is really, really important. If your child is very young, under the age of six weeks, or hell, if you have a young child, a baby, young child, someone in your family that's immune compromised or elderly, make sure that they get checked out, okay? Because... They're the ones that are going to have the hardest time getting over it and at risk for the most complications. Anyway, that's my two cents worth, and I hope that it's helped. I'd like to end this episode today with two fantastic podcasts. The first one is a magical podcast by my buddy CK. It's called Mirths and Monsters. I just love this podcast. I love CK. It's just a wonderful, wonderful show. It's great for 
all ages. It's so well written, well performed. It it'll get right through to your heart. You guys have to listen to this. Here we go. Well, hello, my friends. This is CK from the Mirths and Monsters podcast, proud partner of the Odd Audio Network. Join me, my companion Finn, and my occasionally satanically possessed cat Ray. Puny mortals as we investigate the real truths behind some of the most wonderful creatures you can imagine. Are trolls really that thick? Or is it just bad press? Are leprechauns really drunken bums? Sort of. But there's a lot more to find out. All you need to do is tune in to Mirths and Monsters podcast with me and Finn. Till next time, slancha your good health. Excellent, excellent. If anything, how can you not just sit and listen to that voice? The next podcast, called Physical Attraction, has a host with another fantastic voice. Listen to his promo. Disturbed? Concerned? Maybe a little bit... Intrigued? Physical Attraction is a new podcast where your host will attempt to explain concepts in physics, one chat-up line at a time. Find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and on Twitter, at PhysicsPod. See you soon. I'm really digging this podcast, and I think that you guys will too, so please go check out Physical Attraction. Okay, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. I love sharing this with you guys. And I look forward to the next episode, which will be the final episode of the Harold Shipman Horror Story. True crime and it gets none realer. Sometimes it'll be the cure that'll kill you. Gotta watch out, yeah, you gotta watch your back. Cause you don't wanna be another episode on stat. Thank you for tuning in, learn a thing or two. These medical mysteries can be unbelievable. Yeah, subscribe, make sure you do that so you'll be tuned in and be ready for the next show. Stack. <laughs>